0: Alright, I'm doing a Kingsman the Secret Service commentary. If you're watching this on video and prefer audio, the link is in the description. And if you're listening to this audio but you would prefer it in video, link is also in the description. I have been doing a minute-by-minute breakdown of Kingsman the Golden Circle in anticipation of The King's Man. I've recorded 52 already. And... Now, since I'm still in quarantine, I thought it would be a good use of time to do commentaries for all the films I plan on doing minute-by-minute breakdowns, and just movies I love. So, technically, I don't plan on doing a minute-by-minute breakdown of Kingsman the Secret Service, because I don't think I would do that justice, Uh, but... Kingsman 2 I have been. And then I plan on doing other franchises where I break down all the movies in the franchise minute by minute. So the first minute of every movie. But we're here for the Kingsman commentary. So let me start by saying I knew this movie was going to be great from the get. I loved Kick-Ass, which was by the same team. And I was so excited for this movie that the first time I heard that they were holding advanced screenings, it was a little late, and the only two places where they had any advanced screening passes left were in opposite directions of Chicago, 14-hour drives. And I called my buddy Christian, and I said, do you want to drive 14 miles, or 14 hours, to the screening and he's like no Brian we're not doing that I was like all right you're right so I literally went to Office Max and the person that I knew at the printer helped me photoshop fake passes I took the passes from the other city and state and then replaced it with the address of the location in Chicago and I went twice with fake passes. The first time they did not scan it. I was so ready to be like, I don't know why it didn't scan. And the second time, there was like a group of people, and this guy didn't like another person in the group that was coming. So he said, If they come eh, before we get in, I'm just going to tell them that you're with me. I was like, Yeah, man. Which they were scanning the passes this time, and the passes looked different. So I would have been stopped. Uh, I was like, yeah, man, here's my pass. And I unfolded just a little bit to show that I'm legit, but I'll come in with you just in case they see. So they're not like, why did you both scan passes? Uh, so I saw this two times in advanced screenings and I had already bought out a row, an entire row for me and my friends to see it. Um, and it was so good. I loved it so much. It came out the same weekend as 50 shades of gray and i still have not seen any of that trilogy thankfully but i was so excited and i knew it would be great and it has not disappointed me yet man that opening was such a banger i swear i was the only person in the theater that was excited for the movie everyone else was like hey free movie I will poke a little bit at it, like that slap away seemed a little um, acting, but I do love this movie, so I will be constructively critical with it, like a good parent. I love it, love it beyond belief, but I will not ignore what I see as flaws, but thankfully there are very few of them. So many know that this was adapted from the... or developed alongside with the comic book from Mark Miller, who also did the original Captain America Civil War, or Civil War run in the comic books that was used as a template for Captain America Civil War. He also did Kick-Ass, and he did Wanted. I got into this because I had seen Watch and Day Watch from Tamara Bukhembakov, and I'm probably messing up that last name, uh, who did... Wanted, and Wanted was fucking amazing, so I was like, kick ass, hell yeah, from the same comic book creator, hell yeah, and I loved it even more, I cried in the theater outside the diner scene, where kick ass says, the three assholes laying into one guy while everyone else watches, and you want to know what's wrong with me, yeah, I'd rather die, so bring it on, it's been years since I've seen that by the way, and then because of that, I followed it to Kingsman. The first Matthew Vaughn film I had seen was Stardust in college with a girl, which is also very good. But I followed Kick-Ass, and then I watched X-Men The First Class, and then he left Days of Future Past for this, and worth it. You will shit. I love that. By the way, if you ever get lost, the time code on the podcast and this video uh, will be exactly the same as the movie. Love this opening so much, and I was a huge fan of *Coupling* and *Pirates*, so seeing him was super exciting. And Mark Hamill coming in—he, they, I guess, got permission to use Mark Hamill as Mark Hamill in the comic book, but I like that they changed it up and use him as Professor Arnold. God damn, this scene is so fucking amazing. That first scene had like mood, but this had the Kingsman kind of action we love. Oh, this shot was so fucking amazing. Where this one, mm, where he just comes up. <laughs> Ah, fucking fantastic. I love the story of Samuel Jackson's Lisp. Uh, according to Brie Larson, Samuel Jackson knows more about his character than you ever know. Even if you wrote it, even if you directed it. So he can out Logic you on any choice he makes for his character. And his choice for the Lisp was brilliant. Matthew Vaughn didn't know he was going to do it. But when he asked him, I was like, hey, are you lisping? On the first day, he was like, yeah. This guy, he's so fucking rich. That no one would dare comment on his lisp. Something that he overcame as a child. Especially since Sam Jackson actually had a lisp as a child. And he was like, alright, let's go with it. Let's see if it works. Um, But it's funny that it's similar to Nick Cage's take on Big Daddy and Kick-Ass. Where he took a very different kind of talking pattern. That the editor said would be very difficult to edit around, <laughs> uh, which now that I'm thinking about it, might have been Eddie Hamilton, or I think there was another director on the fir- or editor on the first Kick Ass, but a very unique speech pattern choice by the actors and the score. I love the idea of asking Michael Caine to do this and being like, if you do this, you'll never have to stand while we're filming. <laughs> picture of Mark Apple is hilarious. Uh, D photo. You're a snob. scene pisses me off so much. (laughs) I <laughs> uh, still can't believe that Jamal was the only friend to come back for the sequel it's a bummer love Brandon and the the Addicts but you know it's funny Matthew Vaughn always kills it at guiding the music and the people making the score into the best possible version it can be. I love it. From all the special features, it sounds like he does it a lot like from require does on the Mission Impossible movies, which I appreciate it. And of course they're both so smart by getting Eddie Hamilton to direct, or no, edit their movies. As in editing Kick-Ass Kingsman 1 and 2 and Mission Impossible Rogue Nation and Fallout. (laughs) This fucking scene, I fucking loved it. This scene especially, this shot...
1: ah <laughs> 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 oh. <Damn. laughs>
0: So here's something, the reason I'm watching it on with commentary is someone pointed this out to me recently. We all thought it was a cat, but the subtitles show that he, Jamal says foxes are vermin cause, so he saved the life of a fox, not a cat. That <sighs> just felt like the ballsiest shot, the shot of Exe being the ballsiest he could be. Like, he could have just kept, uh, turned himself over after a little bit, but, geez, running into that cop car... I love how in movies you just break a chain without really breaking it, just by pulling it a little bit. They do that in Pirates of the Caribbean too. Pirates of the Caribbean as well. (laughs) Not Pirates of the Caribbean, the number two. a fantastic actor I love Egerton. I love how much of a cheat this shot is because realistically there's a time lapse of at least like half an hour between him coming in and Negzi coming out but when you're indie filmmaking which this essentially is in comparison to other bigger budget projects how that would have how they would have uh, taken care of it All right, this isn't indie filmmaking, but kick ass definitely was. That was self funded, or he did it independently outside of a studio at first. But it was elegant. I love it if he was like I was considering Lepidoptery I love this turn So in the first Kick-Ass movie, Matthew Vaughn wanted them to call Kick-Ass to say that there was a rumor he was a rent boy, which is a young male prostitute, but it didn't translate so they had to fall back to the rumor is that he's gay. (laughs) Anna. <laughs> I love that eyelash flutter, but I say that to point out that the next movie that he had complete control over of his own franchise making, uh, he finally got to have his rent boy line here. <laughs> I just love that he got to do it. Even though I can love it, I do agree that the second movie went a little overboard by making almost every action sequence in this style. Because there is a better balance just since they were learning it and getting it good. But uh, what a beautiful... Way of filming a fight sequence, it is. You dirty fucking dirty fucking dirty. (sighs) (sighs) So well, the music dies off, and this is just heartbreaking. Now here's one of the flaws coming, or the things I think that could have been better, is not focusing so much on that hand or just having a wider shot. Because when you see that as a move of the camera, you're like, oh, he did something just now. So I wish they had been a little subtler with that. And to point out that they had the orange hat. If you didn't know, Matthew Vaughn is colorblind for everything except for orange or what he thinks is orange. Orange room. <laughs> This is fucking fantastic. (laughs) When parkour was... just blowing up... especially because it was used in... Casino Royale... or when it was used... it was blowing up right before Casino Royale... but then... just... having those little flourishes... just so that he is... very resourceful and... the foundation is there... in terms of skill... To build upon when he gets trained as Kingsman. I love it. And it made it much more impressive by having all the parkour action being one shot. It was very clever. You're my fair lady. This is a low blow, but of course, a bad CGI. But I mean, there's a certain budget, and I'm so satisfied that they use that CGI budget towards the exploding hens exploding heads at the end of the film and of course love this line <laughs> Such a simple trick, but it gives such mood to this moment to just have a helicopter fly over all that land to record it and then speed it up. Beautiful. Shit, we're late. <laughs> So I still enjoy this all, but the reason I like Kingsman 2 for its rewatchability is we don't have half the movie being a training montage. Stretched out, of course, but I just find more out of the action sequences and the conflict in those action sequences over them all almost drowning or them jumping out of an airplane and thinking they don't have enough parachutes. Great sequences, especially for the first time. Oh my gosh, so fucking heart-pounding in that <laughs> jumping out of the plane bit. But the second time, it's obviously going to have a lot less because you know. And it's not conflict between two people. It's just one person's struggle to survive. <sighs> I hope rock season in three. I like how making him late puts him a little out of his depth from the get. Everyone else had time to introduce each other while they waited. <laughs> I love how everyone was taking the president in Kingsman 2 to be such an insult to Donald Trump, but we actually have Obama in this film going with the villain, being villainous. It's it's equal opportunity uh, shot-takers. Equal opportunity shot-taking at presidents, no matter what political... Lying there on the side of. And also, I didn't care. If anyone wants to make connections of the president in the next movie. To any politician. Because I thought that was a brilliant idea i never would have imagined a president acting like that in a movie but it made sense you you are leading a drug on a war on drugs just letting a villain who wants to kill all the drug users do it and pretend that you don't want that it makes a lot of sense i would not be surprised if someone actually decided to do that if it was a real life situation Ah, this is so good. Technically, loose snorkels wouldn't work in this situation. I only learned about that from the trivia on IMDb. But it's still a great sequence. Loose snorkels. I actually said loose snorkels. My bad. Loose snorkels is good for gas attacks. But it wouldn't work like this. If the whole room was filled with water because the toilet would constantly be flushing. And I love having the planted agent in the corner struggling just for that shot. It's just enough that we see it but we don't notice it because we're paying attention obviously to Eggsy and what he's doing. So simple, so effective. (laughs) I love Mark Hamill. I love this scene because it does a few things. One, it puts Kingsman on the radar of uh, Richmond Valentine. Or rather, not on his radar, but gives him more information. In terms of the first guy that they caught trying to uh, rescue Professor Arnold. But then also, because it gets all over... Harry's face. It gives them excuse. To. Take Harry out of the. Story for a little while. And not just spin their wheels. By giving him busy, busy work. Because if you think about it. They need to give Eggsy enough time. To train to be a good Kingsman agent. But at that point. Then you're like. What is Harry doing for all this time? But since he actually got into a coma because of the explosion, now we have a reason to take him out for a little bit. It's a cheat. You could see it as a flaw, since they couldn't come up with something else, but I appreciate them not wasting their time with busy work that they could have given Harry to do instead. now I will say I don't get later on where Eggsy's struggling with his pup and he says Merlin said we couldn't carry you and then he just puts him in his chest is like is that a acceptable solution or is he just still breaking the rule (laughs) (laughs) Ha, (laughs) Mhm <laughs> <laughs> and i love the jb joke for a long time i've been thinking it's crazy that there's a few like secret agents and police force type of things where they have the initials jb james bond jason Bourne, jack bauer and i was like how do you make a joke out of that how do you point that out and then this did it perfectly later on and i loved it A good way of doing the montage. <sighs> <laughs> such a badass Princess Tilde I love that they brought her back for the second one. I was shocked, as everyone was, but I think they did great, and I can't wait to see the balance between being a prince and a secret agent in the third one. anyone being mad at his line later where he's like well I'm Republican but so I really don't care I love those animal noises when she goes to run. Damn. Oof. Oh. Oh. oh, damn. A lot of people found this as a plot hole that everyone else has their cut on the right side of their head, but Professor Arnold has it on the left side. I'm like, I don't care. Like, there is no rule. Maybe the three other people were on the right, but yeah, I guess they could have mixed it up a little bit just to make it not seem like the odd one out. Elegant way to cover half the people not making it and not making them being kicked out seem repetitive with the other two times. This is a great way to give all this exposition. And I love that they don't have immediate suspicion for Richmond Valentine.
1: Hmm. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Come on, Roxy! Woo! <laughs> This music is so fucking good. I love this for the intensity and the drama of it. But technically, Eggsy could have just then tried and said, all right, you guys still pair off. Final three. All right, so this is another franchise I'm going to be doing on our commentaries out. So I want to give the little story. The still photographer for the last four Mission Impossible movies said that his daughter went up for the Halo jump, and she asked if she jumps out or if she falls out without a parachute, what should she do? And they said for her to lay flat as far as possible because they will literally jump out and dive after her and catch her and do this. But I'll say, if they can make a new record by doing this and hitting the ground, then people could die doing this while for the Kingsman. Like, there was no safety measure in his parachute that forced it to come open if the altitude went too low. But that was fucking badass. Great way to get people out kick him out a different way from last time. Having him still have a parachute would not have helped if he fell and
1: died.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And of course, one of many people's favorite seasons of this movie, which I can't disagree with, (laughs) And <laughs> yeah, the misleading us with the music and the slow build-up. What a great reversal or twist. Hmm. Even uh-huh. how they open it. Ha, 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 ha. (laughs) Ha (laughs) fascinating because Daniel Craig said they went with the more serious tone because of Austin Powers. And I love Casino Royale. But they could have struck this chord, this tone, and been amazing as well. And it wouldn't have felt like it was... In the same tone of Austin Powers. maybe second best seed because of this coming up Kentucky home of the statesman If I am putting two and two together, her role originally was offered to Elton John, as in her placement in the movie, because he wanted Elton John there being a difficult celebrity. Uh, so I don't know if it would have included her, or he would have been there and she wouldn't have been. But I enjoy his use in the second, even though I do agree it's a little much. Like there could have been a scene or two cut, and it would have felt better. And I don't mean cut Elton John's action sequence, but because that was so insane, I love that. <laughs> but every scene that he's in did make sense to me in the sequel. And then another thing, uh, NLP was of the times. Now the it's not so hot anymore, which is probably for the best. (laughs) And now we know why the pictures were CGI for this great transition. That looks delicious. That would be my drink. like you for that and now the third way they get rid of other candidates well i uh my bad there's the fourth when actually gets kicked out <laughs> He's never grassed anybody up. And in terms of not making stuff repetitive, it makes sense to say they Roxy Pass but not need to show it. Because it would be exactly the same as Eggsy's. With maybe a little less language. <laughs> but this is different. Because douchebag! Oh wait, never mind. Uh, Michael Caine stands in this scene. <laughs> I forgot. Ha, <laughs> ha, I was waiting for him to say yes, Harry. (laughs) I love how ironic they make him saying that is. gotta get that tattoo it's one of two to three Kingsman tattoos I've got planned (laughs) A great guy on YouTube for my minute breakdowns pointed out in Kingsman 2 that opening Eggsy's safe was so simple it didn't need any biometrics or anything. He wondered why it was so simple because anyone could just find it. And then I thought of this. You hang your shit on the wrong... Hook in fitting room number three and you've got guns, iPads, bombs, poison shoes. Uh I was talking about the lighter bomb, but then we also saw the uh perfume or cologne bomb as well. Mm-hmm. And I looked at frame by frame, and the first shot Harry shoots in the church is the shotgun shell. (laughs) Love that Get Smart reference. I want to see that return in Kingsman (laughs) Three. Love this. (laughs) reminds me of how kind Chris Pratt is where he'll introduce himself to everybody it'd be very nice so what if Chris Pratt is a evil psycho like Richmond Valentine <laughs> another great set of lines I hope that whistle was on set and if not, that it was added just to punctuate how funny that line is. Oh, <laughs> bravo. <laughs> I love how these parallels work to complement this scene. How Roxy's shot factors into this scene later. <laughs> this moment. And another standing scene. My bad. (laughs) I forgot that Michael Caine stood at this movie. (laughs) Ha <laughs> ha All the butterflies on the wall. I love that we slowly get more and more personal with Harry's life. Our fifteen man son. We get to naturally see his house. He's gonna sort it out before he gets back because he's gonna have an extra opening at the Kingsman for. See, <laughs> that was a dark joke, but. I've seen t-shirts with Harry's quote from the scene and I've been this close to buying it. I did five edits of this sequence with other songs and I've enjoyed just listening to it with its original glory Three, bird, yeah. <laughs>
1: Ooh, <laughs>
0: I love how even the song kind of muted when his ears were ringing. It was a beautiful little addition to the sound mix. sees all the dead bodies and we see it through the view of the glasses. How sociopaths justify horrendous behavior. Now I'm remembering the flashback in Kingsman 2 and I'm wondering if they brought Sam Jackson back for a day for another shot or if they used a shot that hadn't been used in this movie for that flashback. But I just love the idea of him driving when he's like, where the shit did that helicopter come from? (laughs) And there was a deleted scene from this room that they use in the sequel where he's teaching him how to eat like a gentleman. So it's interesting. In this movie, in this cut, he's never been here before. We, uh, we assume. But then we see that flashback in two. So, ah, beautiful. He had been there before. And of course he met with Richmond Valentine before Harry went to the church for this all to happen. wonder if the reason they mentioned that Gal had had his recordings encrypted and uncrackable was a way to key us into the lie that he's telling already by saying that thanks to his recordings we'll be able to turn it over to the authorities Except, you know, Merlin was keyed in and everyone was watching, so maybe they did have actual recordings. That he may just decide not to turn in. Does that make sense? And the orange for Matthew Vaughn. Now him asking if these were the original Kingsmen was clever. I appreciated that camera move because it didn't make obvious what he did until we get that little flashback shot as opposed to when Harry put the mic on Eggsy's shoulder. (laughs) Michael Caine, you're fucking amazing. Oh, this is rough. You know, I get that Lancelot needs to do this. Roxy needs to do this to overcome her fear of heights. And it's good. From a character standpoint. But I do wish there was some way that Roxy could have been more active in the third act past that point. Maybe dropping in and being able to help out in the finale of this, but. mm mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> uh. mm-hmm.
1: mm <laughs>
0: The fact that they have an elevator for the planes, like a parking garage, those fancy ones where they just move the car around on those is fucking insane. Fantastic. This this is insane. <laughs> was a great martini order i am partial to a vesper though from casino rail myself And I love the retconning they did with Charlie.
1: <laughs> Parkour.
0: One of the best action shots coming up soon. And I believe it's coming up. This. Oh, shit, boy. (laughs) I love that shot. And yeah, we got some face replacement in some of these shots, but it's all right. And what a clever twist coming up with the other satellite. I wonder if they mean E Man as an Elon Musk. <laughs> I love that the score gets like, like a rock musical, which is the weirdest way I probably could have said that. (laughs) Damn This was so fucking sick in the theater Holy shit This reminds me so much of Kick Ass. The music in the third act around the same low point where everything seems hopeless. Love the shot from inside Valentine's Desk However many minutes straight where this is happening, this is glorious. Had all the color of Speed Racer, the one with the Wachowski sisters, not the TV show, and it's just fucking spectacular, eh? <laughs> And of course.
1: Oh.
0: <laughs> Brilliant way to just tie it all together. <laughs> I love how ironic this music is as well, and I gotta say the threat of two was interesting, but it was just impossible to have some fun sequence like this in that film. <laughs> I still can't believe they did shit like this. I mean, that's all CGI, but like that, oh my gosh, freaking insane. I think the one thing we're kind of missing in the second one in terms of these sequences is the sheer number of people going at it at the same time. Every other sequence in the second one just didn't have the sheer number of people as it did in this one. Which made these interesting. But I still do love the sequences in two. (laughs)
1: whoo 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 ha
0: I will say they do make a do a great job uh, making us remember about the smaller people the more ordinary people at Risk in these scenarios. Like in this one we care about. His little sister. The second one they care about his friends. Like the meth addict. But still. They weave it in. Very seamlessly. Doesn't seem as kind of awkward to distract as. Something like that random family in Justice League's third act did. Pay with your food, Kim. Damn, damn, damn. That shot just going around them is sick. Yeah, let's
1: get it!
0: I hate that for these two. Especially her. Their careers haven't topped... The glory of this movie. His has with Man, and I haven't seen it but Eddie the Eagle but she was in Atomic Blonde and didn't have the same excitement around that as she got from this movie and then she was also in the Tom Cruise Mummy movie and same thing. But damn, they're both excellent and I wish them all the best. Oh. Like they're the two They and Roxy are the three young members of this whole film that I just want even more for their careers. Oh. Olympic. I forget what he was up for the Olympics for, but was this it? <laughs> and then just, what a great finish. Dad and Knives Out have great puke finishes. <laughs> oh, the blood on his hands. Dang him.
1: uh <laughs> hmm Mm-hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. that reminded me a lot of Kingsman no no not Kingsman X-Men in the first class not that part (laughs) just how she was sitting in the back Mm -hmm. that gold logo for Kingsman is beautiful I thought it was very interesting that they started with the credits now, and then gave us an extra scene. Evoking, of course, the opening sequence. But, this time as an iPad app or a tablet app, whatever Samsung or whatnot that's on. <laughs> <laughs> I love that the henchmen start getting scared from the shit. (laughs) They know it's coming. (laughs) The Oh, that was fucking fantastic. I love this, too. In loving memory of my mother, Kathy, who always put the extra into ordinary and taught me what a Kingsman should be. Ah, beautiful. That movie is fucking fantastic. My favorite franchise, especially since it's such an underdog now that it's under the control of Disney And I'm really scared about the prequels. Chance at making a killer box office. But oh my gosh. I'm so ready for The King's Man. I'm so sad it's been pushed back twice now already for a third release date. And I really hope that COVID-19 we kick its ass by the time that it's supposed to be in theaters. Because it's coming out on my birthday when I turn 31 and... If they released it on iTunes right now for fifty dollars, I would buy it. I am so excited for it. I hope you enjoyed this audio commentary, video commentary, and as a got a quote: exe in Kingsman, the Golden Circle." I'm busting for a pee. So if you want to check out the Kingsman minutes that I've been doing, the links in the description. It might be in a corner if it's on the YouTube video. But thank you so much. And I think I'm going to be doing the commentary for the Golden Circle right after I visit the restroom. I've had a lot of coffee today. Thank you so much, movie dopers. And let's just hang out and talk about this movie. Boom!